0: Magic and magical people, the unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. I was between the two Sogoths and the Mole Man was against the wall. The other mole man was in a puddle of his own viscera. I picked up the dead one's sword and wiped off some of the goo. Just in time, I jumped out of the path of the rushing Sogoth. I wasn't fast enough. A strand of its webbing hit my legs, sending searing pain throughout my body. Have you ever touched a stove burner that you didn't know was hot? You pull your hand away quickly, right? This was the same feeling, except it was burning into my leg and I couldn't pull away. The charging Sogoth didn't expect me to jump and was moving too fast to change its direction. It lumbered forward, its tentacles trying to grab me. Its eyeball, the size of a tractor-trailer wheel, watched me as it went past. I waited another second and then jumped on its lower and harder backside, pulling myself up by the strands of its loose skin. Once I was on his back, I used the dangling ganglia as reins. In the process of trying to shake me off, the Sogoth's tentacles crushed the other mole man, his legs and hips sticking to the wall behind him. The poor bastard looked like a cockroach stuck to the bottom of a shoe. The other Sogoth spotted me and fired a strand of the acid webbing. The shot was high, over my head, landing on the back of my ride. For a second it looked as if the Sogoth's hide was strong enough to resist the burning of the web. But then the hard shell began to smoke and the webbing burned into its flesh. My Sogoth shook and started to turn in the direction I wanted it to go. The other one fired another shot, this one hitting my arm. Before I could recover, another webbing was fired, and another. I ducked down and started moving forward. My thinking was that if I could get close enough to my Sogoth's tentacles, the other Sogoth wouldn't be able to see me. That worked for a few minutes until my Sogoth managed to turn around in the tight corridor. The webbing was flying, and I had to do a side-to-side dance to keep from being hit. My Sogoth was smaller, and certainly faster than the other. The webbing from the other one was falling too short to harm me, but the damage it was doing to my Sogoth was irreversible. The walls around us were getting closer as we sped towards the alcove. My Sogoth hit the first set of stairs, and I was airborne, but only briefly. I rolled forward, hitting my head on the rocks. I jumped up, drawing my sword. The Sogoth was trying to move, but the other one continued to fire its webbing, burning the soft end of mine. I gave myself a minute to rest before walking towards the back of the alcove. My skin felt as if it had been stretched and pulled through a rotisserie. If there was a scepter down here, I was sure it would be somewhere in the back. A shiver ran up my spine. The closer I got to the back of the alcove, the colder it became. I put the sword in my other hand and touched the wall. It was like ice. I felt along the wall and found a crevice forcing my finger into the hole and rooting around in it like a doctor giving a rectal exam. I found a little jutting point and pushed. Nothing happened. I pulled it. Still nothing. Hmm. I was certain this was the way in. I pulled my fingers out and leaned against the wall. It was jammed in the entryway, preventing the other Sogoth from getting to me. My Sogoth let out a scream that could probably be heard on the surface. I guess the other one was going to eat his way through him. Sorry, dude, you're screwed. That was it. I stood up and put my hand back into the crevice. I found the area and started to twist it. Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. The rock slid open. Before I realized what had happened, someone on the other side of the door slid a sword into my stomach.
1: Kay, did you hear that? Nope, not a sound. Well, your people certainly did, Kay. Look how scared they are. Common,
2: my people aren't afraid of anything.
1: Really? Then why did you send Harry to get the Scepter of Estrada? My people are not
2: afraid of anything, but neither are they immortal. They die quite readily. You don't mind risking
1: Harry's life, though?
2: (laughs) You don't know anything about Harry Strange, do you? Why are you with him? Because he's the good guy. Oh, is he? I can list hundreds, perhaps thousands, who would disagree with that. Who? Evil spirits and demons? Oh, easily. But no, Dr. Strega, I am talking about humans. Good guys, as you would call them.
1: You're a liar, Verector Curl, and you're evil. I could speak words that would bind you in these walls.
2: Really, little witch? Are you prepared to go against me, mano el mano?
1: Please. I am more of a man than you will... Das
2: causa! Ah! Only one bound here is you, and what a tasty binding you are. But alas, there is work to be done. I want you to watch and listen. See the man your partner really is. Watch the wall. Watch as the figures etched there slowly begin to fade. Watch as you see into another time. Know that these are visions reserved for only the most powerful, but I share them with you as they are shared with me. So, you will know the truth about your partner.
0: I'll see what I can come up with, Mr. Wolf.
2: Thank you, Mr. Strange. I trust you to maintain the utmost level of discretion. My
0: employer would prefer this be kept between you and I. Discretion is my middle name.
3: New client, Harry?
0: Yes, Mr. Jonathan Wolf, a familiar of the Philadelphia Lupos.
3: Philly, cool. Who are the Lupos?
0: One of the oldest werewolf families in Philly.
3: That dude was a wolf?
0: No, he just works for them. He's the face of the family.
3: What is he doing all the way up here?
0: It seems that Mrs. Lupos might have a boyfriend up here. Mr. Wolf hired me to find out if it's true.
3: Why would it matter? I mean, wolves are polyamorous by nature.
0: Well, only if the alpha wolf says it's okay. But that's only in their wolven form. When the wolves are in their human form, normal relationship rules apply.
3: Why can't we love everyone we want?
0: We can if everyone's cool with it. Otherwise, we have a moral code that defines our lives.
3: Whose morals? I mean, why can't I have a husband and a lover?
0: Well, when you get married, you promise to forsake all others.
3: Those words will not be in my vows.
0: Good luck finding a guy who'll be okay with that. I'd love to stay and discuss the value of open relationships, but I need to head to the shore.
3: Tonight? It's getting
0: late. It's not that late. The full moon starts tomorrow, and I'd rather not sneak up on werewolves while they're howling at the moon. Tonight, they'll still be in human form.
3: Okay. Please be careful.
0: Careful's my middle name.
3: That's not what you said last night.
4: Why do you need to go back, Lydia?
2: Because I think William suspects.
4: So what? Maybe it's time you knew.
2: Rolf, that can never happen. If William finds
5: out, he would bring the clan down on
4: you. (laughs) I am not afraid of William. And it wouldn't take much to show the clan that it's time for a change in leadership.
5: Time
2: for all things, Rolf. Right now, William has the clan, and you have me.
4: I know, Lydia, but...
2: Did you hear that? Hear what? Smell that.
4: Is that... Cheap aftershave.
2: Someone is over there.
4: Hey! Hey, you!
2: It's William. He had me followed.
4: Hey, you. Come here.
2: He's going around the other way.
4: (whistles) Alfonso, off. Get the guy in the trench coat. I have him. Have
0: this. Hold him. I'll be right there. Bad dog, down! Ow, you son of a... Crap. Right through my jacket. I love this jacket. This is for you!
4: Oof, are you okay? He hit me with something.
3: (sighs) Damn it.
5: Don't worry. I have his plate number.
3: Harry.
0: What? Get off of me!
3: Whoa. Easy, Harry. It's Luna.
0: Luna? What time is it?
3: About nine. You didn't come home last night. You fell asleep in the office again. Your shirt is torn. Is that blood? Probably. Is it yours? Probably. And that doesn't bother you?
0: No. Probably just scraped up against something. I need a shower. But I need you to take the film from the camera and get it developed this morning. Right now. Right away. Don't stop anywhere and don't talk to anyone.
3: What happened to the camera?
0: Must have dropped it.
3: So,
2: when are you going to start being a little more open with me?
0: When are you going to tell me your real name, Luna?
2: Let's skip past this part. Nothing to see here. Harry sets up a meeting with Mr. Wolf to hand-deliver the pictures. On the way to Haxons, he ran into Rolf and his pack.
0: Well, if it isn't the bad dog
4: crew... You have a smart mouth for a hairless Abe, And you have a flea problem. Oh, what are you gonna do? Kidnap me? Right here and... Put him in the car.
0: I couldn't believe they had kidnapped me on a busy city street. The first thing I noticed was the smell. Like a kennel that hasn't been cleaned in months. Welcome back, Strange. This place smells beastly. Aren't you house trained yet, Rolf? I mean, at your age and all. You are a busybody.
4: Taking pictures where you don't belong. It's what I do. <laughs> Ugh. That's what I do. You're pretty tough when I'm tied to this
0: chair. Let me go and I'll take the puppy for a run. You're gonna have to do better than that. Rolf, you've got the pictures. What else do you want?
4: The negatives.
0: I'm really sorry about that, but I didn't bring those with me. Now be a good doggy and let me go. I
4: have men at your office right now.
0: You should have told me. I'd have baked a cake. Or at least left out some puppy treats.
4: How long do you plan on beating that metaphor?
0: Oh, metaphor! That's a big word for such a small... You see this? That's a big knife. Compensating? <coughs> ah! Bad dog! No biscuit. <coughs> What's the matter? Am I making the alpha look bad? Oh wait, you're not the alpha. My client is. You're just one of the litter mates. Kind of a scrawny one at that. I bet William is going to be really angry when he finds out. What do they do to wolves who refuse to keep their place in the clan? I remember
4: now. The rest of the pack rips them apart. I think it's time to find out if the rumors about you are true. What
0: are you going to do with that knife?
4: If I cut off your ear, will you just grow another one? Something like that. But it'll hurt like a son of a bitch. Won't it? (laughs) What are you laughing at?
0: Surely you see the irony of you, a werewolf, saying son of a bitch. How
4: is your mother? Surely you'll see the peril in your situation. Hold him still, Olf. Is that a part of your ear on the floor? What? No witty retort? Nothing rude to say? Olf, get some salt.
0: I'm sorry, Fido. You'll have to speak up. Come on, boy. Speak. Speak. I'd pushed enough buttons and Rolf went crazy, swinging wildly at me. In the process, he knocked over the chair, giving me an opportunity to get loops.
4: Oh crap. It's a full moon tonight. (sighs) That's right, Strange. Stick around. This is gonna be fun. (sighs) I don't think so. Wait.
0: Luna's at the office. to get to her Luna Uh... my god Luna I'll kill every werewolf in the world where did they hurt you
3: my arm it hurts Harry they said this was a message to you they said next time you should mind your own business what did they mean
0: shh I'm so sorry sweetie they were werewolves Your arm doesn't look too bad. It's more blood than anything. I have to see the wound. I'm gonna take off your shirt.
3: I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I don't think I'm going to be much fun.
0: (laughs) You were attacked by a werewolf, remember, Mr. Wolf? The Philadelphia Werewolves?
3: You mean, like, in the movies? Sort of. Will I die? No. Will I become one?
0: There's been a truce for hundreds of years. It's what keeps the wolves from being hunted to extinction. This, what they did to you, has broken the truce. It'll be open season on both sides. Human and wolf will die. It'll be a bloodbath that's likely to set off a war between humans and all unnaturals. What will happen? The Order will have to respond to your attack, which will start a war of biblical proportions. The wolves will be first, but the vamps will join in. The various races of demons, sensing opportunity, will attack the humans and the supernaturals. Angels will attack the demons. Innocents who know nothing of naturals and unnaturals will die. It'll be Armageddon.
3: Can you stop it? Harry, can you stop it?
0: There is one solution.
3: What? Oh, I'm not feeling so good. My arm is burning. My stomach feels like it's pulling apart.
0: The moon is getting higher. You're starting to change.
3: Please, Harry. Help me.
0: Luna, no one can know what happened here.
3: What do you mean?
0: I'm sorry, but you can't change. The humans aren't ready for Armageddon.
3: You have a cure? Valerie. What? My real name. It's Valerie. Thank you. Thank you, Harry.
0: Why are you thanking me?
2: For being das kasana he broke her neck little witch think on that for a while
0: (laughs) it was some time later that i opened my eyes the room was dimly lit sparse as a monk's cell and made out of stone next to where i was lying someone had left a pitcher of water a loaf of bread some baked potatoes and good day in the morning some toaster pastries I sat up too quickly. The giant wound my body had become cried out in pain. I laid back down and slowly rolled onto my side. I grabbed the toaster pastries first. Whoever left them had conveniently taken the aluminum wrapping off. That was a good thing because it was unlikely in my current state that I would be able to pull the foil off the product. Ah, this was hitting the spot. So you are the favorite. I spun the carbs already kicking in on the healing process. Standing against the door on the opposite side of the room was a man dressed in a simple black cassock. Around his waist he wore a ceremonial sword, similar to the kind worn by the early crusaders. He looked to be in his fifties. His shoulder-length hair was gray and thick. What makes you say that, Father? Your first choice of foods. And
6: please, we call no man Father, but the Father. I am Brother Andriola. He offered his hand and I shook it. Maybe I just have a sweet tooth. Perhaps. But Brother Strange, I think not. And how do you know my name? We've been waiting a long time for you. We? My partner and I. You have passed all the tests. I am satisfied. The toaster pastry test? That one, yes. You bested the August in battle, got past the bald abominations, and, most importantly, survived the Sebelius Slash. I'm sorry, the Sebelius Slash?
5: Yes, you are apparently able to heal from a cut of the sword of Pope Clement.
0: Brother Strange, meet Brother Sebelius. Brother Sebelius was larger and scruffier than Brother Andriola. You stabbed me. Why?
5: Because uh, you made it to the door. I had to be sure you weren't one of those albino abominations.
0: You could have asked me instead of skewering me.
5: That wouldn't really have been much of a test now, would it? Excuse me, but are you one of those abominations, or are you he who was foretold? Oh, the foretold one, well. Come on in, then. Why shouldn't I trust you at your word? Brother Sibeli is much more practical than that. I
6: pity the soulless beast out there. He sees them as Sargoth's father. What exactly are those things? The Sargoth? Gifts from the Ancient Ones to the Brothers of our Order. They have served us for
0: centuries. I meant the other things, the Mo-Men. Though I am curious why the Ancient Ones would help you. I thought they saw all humans as, I don't know, cattle. The Mo-Men are cursed beasts... Human-like
6: abominations to devour other humans and share their disease. And there are some unnaturals we count as allies. The battle lines are not as clearly drawn as you think. Or as clear as Brother Sibelia would like. Battle lines? There is always a battle, Brother Strange. It's been going on for eternity. You play a larger role than most humans, and your role is about to get much larger. If you can keep your mind focused. The stones? The stones are a part of it. Gathering them, all has fallen to
0: you. But what are they?
5: The metaphysical equivalent of a nuclear bomb. When these seven stones are brought together, the holder will become transcendent.
6: What? They
5: will be able to
6: exist outside of the world, with the ability to move through time and space, forward and backward.
5: Currently, only he has that ability. Angels are eternal, demons are eternal, but they only exist in one direction. Even the ancient ones cannot alter the past.
0: Why would you even create something like that? We didn't.
5: Solomon did. Solomon? He was from the Bible, right? Your lack of biblical knowledge is disturbing.
0: I don't have to know the Bible to kill a demon.
5: How about for the good of your soul, Brother Strange?
0: Yeah... My soul is pretty much out of my hands at this point. Why would Solomon do this? According to the ancient texts, Solomon was the wisest of the kings.
6: Before he turned away from his faith, he was granted unlimited wisdom from God. People would come from everywhere to seek Solomon's counsel.
0: Right. I remember something about two women, a baby and a sword.
5: Brother Andriola, perhaps I should stab him again. I am beginning to doubt his qualifications in this task.
6: Temper, temper, Brother Sabilia.
5: He is the favorite. Nowhere
6: in
0: the text do they sing of his knowledge,
6: only his cleverness.
0: I have texts that say I'm clever? Do you have a copy handy? I need to show those to someone.
6: The Queen of Sheba requested an audience with Solomon. She offered gifts of gold, rubies, and stones of strange properties to decorate his palace. Eventually, Solomon accepted. But before the Queen would meet, Solomon had to answer three riddles. Typical. Sorry, I meant to think that, not say it. Your flippant attitude is becoming tiresome, Brother Strange. I would ask that you refrain from any more cracking wise. It's at this point where the ancient texts diverge. The most likely story is that Solomon and the Queen had carnal relations. The Queen bore a son whose lineage would eventually rule when Ethiopia became Christian. As a gift for the child, Solomon ordered a special scepter created from the gifts of the Queen. When the stones were brought together, Solomon became transcendent. He
5: became godlike.
6: And he turned away from God as punishment. God destroyed Solomon's kingdom and sent angels to destroy the gift. The stones were shattered and sent out among the earth to be forgotten. But something that powerful can never be truly lost. Our order has held three of the stones for over 2,000 years. If these stones are so powerful, why didn't the angels just take them back? We don't know. Unlike some, we have very little contact with angels. Our task was to guard the stones. Now as the war nears,
0: your task will be to return the stones. Return them? To whom? And why would the order give me these stones? We didn't really part on the best of terms. We don't know. The texts don't say.
6: Only that the favorite, the foretold one, must return the stones. And as far as why, because that's what the texts command.
0: That's a little melodramatic, don't you think?
5: Brother Strange, imagine me peeling your skin back like an orange peel. Then, imagine that, as it grows back, I pour grain alcohol with salt on each layer. Then once it's grown back, imagine me doing it again, and again for eternity. That is just the beginning of what it will be like for humanity if the stones fall into the hands of the enemy.
0: And who is this enemy? The same enemy it's always been. Over the years, I've fought vamps, werewolves, demons, evil brides, a host of poltergeists, those beasts outside, a mole man, and their skeevy little leader. And I've lost count of how many bosh nightmares. You're going to need to be more specific than that. Call them what you will. But they all spring from the
6: same source. The Fallen One. The Ancient Ones. Take your pick. So now what? Now we give you the stones. Just like that? It was written that you would come. Our job is done. And the scepter? You still don't understand, do you? The stones are in the scepter. That's why. What did you call him, Mr. K? Wants the scepter so badly.
0: Brother Sibelia, please. Brother Sebelia reached into a trunk that was on the floor beside him. The scepter was beautiful, about five feet tall and made of gold. It looked as if the monks had spent their time buffing it and keeping it clean. At the very top was an ark, and within the ark were the three stones of Solomon. As Brother Sibilia moved the scepter, the stones caught the light and refracted it in uncountable directions. I took the scepter in my hand. It felt as if it were alive. I could feel heat and movement from within. The scepter seemed to resize itself to fit in my hand. I've done things that most humans couldn't imagine, but at this moment none of those things could compare to the power I felt in my hand. And this was only with three of the stones. I knew that I could go anywhere in the world with just a thought. Brother Strange! Whoa. I dropped the scepter. That's... mystical.
6: No, it's evil and seductive. The holder of it must be very careful not to be seduced by its power. Remember, favorite, this is not a tool of the holy. It is a tool of the other. Even the best intentions were used for the purpose of the fallen one.
5: We kept it wrapped in these. Part of the cloth from the Shroud of Turin. The scepter's power is no much for his blood.
0: Brother Sibilia took the scepter and wrapped it in the Shroud and
5: handed it back to me. It is your responsibility now, favorite. Mind it well.
0: Just like that.
5: Unless you want me to stab you again. Just to make sure.
0: No, I think I'm good with the whole stabbing thing. I turned towards the door when it occurred to me I really didn't have any idea how to get back to the surface. Or more importantly, to Carmen. I turned back to the brothers, but they were gone. Only dust remained where they had stood. Brother Sibilia's sword lay on the ground. What did he call it? The Sword of Pope Clement? I shook my head. With one hand on the scepter, I pushed the lever next to the door and waited for the cement to open all the way. It was about halfway open when the first strand of webbing hit me in the chest. The next strand hit me in the arm. The other Sogoth had managed to eat its way through my ride and was now looking for revenge. The tentacles were squeezing their way into the room. I slammed the lever down as more webbing strands hit me. The burning was like having ice forced into a cavity in your teeth. The door was closing, but not fast enough. I was losing blood from the new wounds, and I had to act quickly. The tentacles were keeping the door from closing the rest of the way. I grabbed the sword of Pope Clement. It was heavier than it looked. Another barrage of strands hit me. The pain was becoming unbearable, and I felt like I would be losing consciousness soon. It took both hands to lift the sword, and I hobbled to the door. I raised it above my head and let the weight carry it down through the tentacles. Ah! The Sogoth's pain brought me great joy. The door fell closed, its weight echoing in the room. The Sogoth slammed itself against the door. Luckily, the door was two tons of stone. It didn't seem likely that even a Sogoth would be able to brute force its way through it. I felt the world swimming away and felt the sudden need to sit down.
2: So, what do you think of your boss now? You expect me to believe that? You can believe in the giant spaghetti monster for all I care, but the shadows you saw are true.
1: You are embarrassing yourself. First off, how old would Harry have to be for that story to be true? Even if he were 20 in 1974, that would make him over 50 years now. He doesn't...
2: There are rumors, little witch, that he is older still. He was still human before your Second World War began. Now you're just making things up. There is much about your partner you don't know. Have you ever checked his ear? Looked for
1: scarring? Oh, oh, please. You're so smart.
2: Who is Romeo Chase? So, the little witch has been doing her own research. Is it possible that you sense something is different with Harry? I think so. I think there is a little nagging tick just under that pretty little face that says there is something wrong with Harry Strange. I think that sometimes wakes you up in the middle of the night because one of his stories collapses in your dreams. And, Carmen Strega, I think you are beginning to doubt that he is really one of the good guys. There's something not quite right about Strange, isn't there? Beyond the private dick routine, I mean. You know he's a killer. Look inside yourself. You know the words I speak are true. Not just his partner. You can sense the blood on his hands, both human and enchanted. Natural and unnatural. Not always right, but always dead. What about the woman in Trails End? Has he checked on her? Or did he just leave that for the medical specialist? Why are you saying these things? Because they are true! At least with me, you know what you get. I may be narcissistic, but my motives are pure. I don't care. Harry Strange wants everyone to think he is one of the good guys. But he brings death. Luna was not the first or the last. Ask him about his brother, his boss, his wife. Come with me, little witch. You'll always know where you stand with me.
0: Hurry! Get away from her, Kay.
2: Well bravo for the dramatic entrance, Strange. We were just talking about you. You have my scepter. Excellent.
0: Carmen had pulled away from Kay and was almost to me when Scarface the Mole Man grabbed her. The look in Scarface's eyes said all Carmen needed to see. She opened her mouth to speak and Scarface forced his hand over her mouth, muffling her words.
2: Just stop!
0: Scarface looked at Carmen and then at Kay. It was obvious he didn't want to stop whatever he had planned. I held the scepter in front of me. I was still weak. The ride here from the alcove was like being in an elevator that suddenly drops about a hundred floors. It would probably be another ten minutes before my stomach caught up with the rest of me, and then it wouldn't be pretty. Give
2: me the scepter, Strange. You aren't powerful enough to use it.
0: He was right about that. I could barely stand. I made it here, didn't I?
2: You got lucky. You are outnumbered and you're weak. What are you going to do? Fight us all? Your assistant isn't even sure who you are.
0: Kay and the rest of his mole men were moving closer. They were slowly surrounding us. I slipped my arm around Carmen's waist and pulled her close to me. Scarface started to pull Carmen back. I raised the scepter in the air and smacked him in the head, caving in the right side of his face. In one continuing motion, I spun with Carmen. Say the words I want to hear, Carmen.
1: La mia casa!
0: There was a thunderclap and lightning bolt. A golden light expanded outward from the scepter. The mole man started to run from the light. As the light continued to spread out, making it more difficult to see, Kay seemed to be fading, but if I was right, Carmen and I were the ones disappearing. For his part, Kay was stomping his feet, flailing his arms, and was caterwauling something. Just before he faded from view, he reached into his robe. For a second, I thought he was going to pull out a gun and start shooting. Instead, he pulled out a dagger. My dagger. And, just as he faded, threw it at us. I felt a breeze as the dagger flew past me. Once someone throws the dagger of Yago, it makes every effort to hit the target of its intended victim. It missed me, but only by inches. Maybe there was something in the light that interfered with Yago's homing abilities. I must have blacked out for a moment. Slowly, I could make out the details. I wasn't back in my office. The ground was wet, as if it had been raining, and the air smelled clean. It was nighttime. I sat up and saw a small two-lane road not far from where I lay. The slightest movement was a Herculean effort. Every bone in my body felt as if it were filled with shards of glass. I needed a serious carb reload, and I needed it fast. Not too far away, there was a house. Carmen's house. Of course, La Mia Casa. La Mia Casa. My house. Carmen had told the scepter to take us to her house. I turned to tell Carmen that we had made it home, and I saw blood. And the dagger. I don't know if Kay had been aiming for Carmen, but he had hit her. Blood was seeping out of her side, and she looked deathly pale. My dagger stuck out of her ribs at an obscene angle. Carmen, can you hear me? Carmen! Honey, please. I just need to get you inside. Gotta work with me.
1: Don't let me die, Harry.
0: You're not going to die. I promise you.
1: Don't want to be like Luna.
0: What? Luna? My old assistant? What do you know about her? Carmen didn't say anything. It was a long time before she took another breath. I tried lifting her, but it wasn't any good. I couldn't move her. I could barely move myself. I looked around for something to put on the wound. Direct pressure. I needed to stop the bleeding. I took off my shirt and pulled the dagger out of her. She moaned a little. I would have been happier if she had screamed. (coughs) Blood came out of her mouth. I was getting desperate. I needed something to stop the bleeding. I felt around in my pockets and found the cloth of the scepter. Couldn't hurt. I put the cloth over her side. At first, nothing happened. There was a sizzling sound, followed by the smell of burning flesh. I wiped the wound with my shirt. The wound was gone. I blacked out. It was still night when I woke up. Carmen's breathing was rough, but regular. I was still weak, but able to stand. It took me about 15 minutes to carry Carmen to her house because I had to keep stopping to rest. The door was locked. I rifled through Carmen's pockets and found the key. I awoke a short time later. I raided Carmen's refrigerator and cupboard for anything carb-related. Carmen was a healthy eater, but I was still able to find some guilty pleasure food. After I ate, I made a trip down to Carmen's workshop for some supplies. I came back to the living room. Luna. What had Kay told her? How had he distorted the truth? How did he even know about her? Wonder if he told her how many werewolves I let live or just about the ones I killed. There was some writing paper on the desk that I used to write Carmen a note. I walked over and listened to her breathing. It was better. Then I kissed Carmen on the forehead and headed out into the night.
1: Tonight's episode, Harry Strange 110, The Toaster Pastry Test, was written and directed by Tony Serechia and produced by Brian Ahern. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Kellen Stennett, Sylvia Galan, Joe Roche, Shawnee Miles, Matt Nix, Margaret Hollis, Ray Saltrelli, Jason Tyler, and Dennis Coburn. Harry's theme music was written and performed by Lance Hogan and is copyrighted by Lance Hogan and used with his permission. Contact Lance at his email, hauganl at yahoo.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyrighted by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit incompetent.com for more of Kevin's music. Visit HarryStrange.com to keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at HarryStrange.com. For the Harry Strange Radio Drama, I'm Joanne Pruden. Good night.